You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder. Are eating disorders really about food? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Leslie Goldman, MPH, a health and medical writer based in Chicago and the author of Locker Room Diaries, The Naked Truth About Women, Body Image, and Reimagining the Perfect Body. Welcome. Hi, Dr. Lunt. Thanks for having me. So in writing your book, you've done extensive research on the subject of body image and eating disorders. And it seems to me uh, that common sense would say that these problems all revolve around food. Absolutely. It does seem like that anorexia and bulimia are about food. But just like you've heard the phrase sexual assault is not about sex, it's about power, Eating disorders are not about food. They're about control. It is much, much easier to count calories and count the um, number of fat grams that you've taken in or obsess about how many calories you've burned on the Stairmaster that day than it is to worry about uh, or think about much, much deeper issues that are bothering you. Uh, maybe there's been a death in your family, or maybe you've gone through a, a divorce or a breakup. Maybe you're going through um, a huge change in life, like a, a move or a new job, or you're graduating from high school and going into college, which is what was the, the case with me. These are all major life transitions, and instead of digging deep and, and getting a grip on, on the real situation, food becomes like a security blanket, or rather lack of food, and it's much easier to kind of control the amount of calories you take in. So how, you know, one of the things uh, in a medical office that is interesting and, and disturbing at the same time to me is that there is food everywhere that, uh, y- you know, usually garbagey food, donuts, you know, cookies, candy, that sort of thing. When when we live in a, in a society that is just so abundant. How how do you put all this in context of seeing food everywhere, but yet eating disorders aren't about food? Well, you know, I, I see what you're saying, and, and food is everywhere. And, you know, I think that obviously when you're talking about obesity, maybe that's a little more about food and about not being able to say no. We do live in a society where food is everywhere. And not only is food everywhere, but not just not just the high fat and high calorie foods, but low fat foods as well, and and so we we have the ability to to choose what we want to eat, and so it, that's another way where we can be led down this path towards obsession because you know we've got the this is fat free and this is high fiber and this has um, olestra in it and this has zero calories and zero carbs and so. It's, I think that can even, you know, lead someone to become extremely obsessive about what they eat because they, they want, wind up just reading panel after panel of, of nutritional information and they, it gets to the point where they're only eating apples, grapes, and, and diet cocoa. Leslie, you've interviewed women from all walks of life in the process of writing this book. What have you learned? I learned so much from writing Locker Room Diaries. It was an extremely cathartic and healing process and also educational, not just for me, but I think for the women who took part in it and the women that I interviewed. 
I learned something new from every single woman, starting with one of my favorite chapters was the women uh, of, the, of the older generation, women in their 60s and 70s, and I interviewed them, and they talked about how, uh, for them, working out and being in shape has taken on a different meaning, whereas it, it used to be for vanity, but now it's for health, and so they can be there for their grandchildren, and they, they can, so they can beat cancer, or they can beat... Um, diabetes and things like that, and they were so open with me and so fun to speak with, and they told me, um, a lot of them told me that upon reflection, they realized that they had had eating disorders when they were young girls, but there just wasn't a word for anorexia or a word for bulimia back then 50, 60 years ago. One of my favorite nuggets of information came from a pair of identical twins, and that was in the chapter uh, on nudity and modesty. Because, you know, the, the book takes place in the locker room, and so I wanted to explore how come some women feel totally at ease walking around in the buff, whereas other women will go to the stall to change. And it has nothing to do with how their body looks, because it could be the women with the these quote-unquote perfect bodies that are in the stalls, and then the women who might be overweight who are walking around naked. And I talked to these two identical twins, and they told me, that, you know, one of them, their names are Mary and Maureen, and Mary says, well, I know that I'm gaining weight when I see her stump, when I see Maureen's stomach looking a little bit bigger. And they said to me, why would we ever compare ourselves to anyone else? No one else has our body. And it seems so, it was like this perfect answer to the body image conundrum wrapped up with a little bow. It was like, how can I even accept this? It's just too perfect to, 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 to exist. But it's, it's true. Why compare your body to, to other people's bodies? They don't have your body. Um, but for them, it just it was just always there. You know, they're the only two people that have their body. And I learned, you know, it was very sad. I interviewed these, these young girls, these preschoolers in ballet class, and I found out that we have three-year-olds who are saying no to their juice and cookies in preschool because they're on diets. My mom is a preschool teacher, and she has kids in her class who, who tell her that they're on diets. They, they actually ask for healthier alternatives. So, you know, I presume that that's coming from the home. Right? I would think it's coming from hearing their mom saying they're on a diet or their dad, or maybe they're hearing it on a commercial, the TV in the background. Uh, so definitely, you know, I, I just learned that, A, the grass is always greener, and just basically... What I learned from Locker Room Diaries is that it's time to embrace and love being a woman and all of the perks and sometimes strange (laughs) things that come with it and just realize that we have so much to offer and we have so much to enjoy and really just don't waste years of your life obsessing over how many calories were in the bowl of pasta you just had. Um, If you're in good shape and you're working out, just enjoy yourself. Give yourself a treat every once in a while because you deserve it. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is author Leslie Goldman. We are discussing eating disorders and body image. So, so Leslie, you know, one of the things that, that we do in our house is to talk about being healthy, not so much 
what size you are. Uh, so that maybe is one way to, to help parents look at this issue. Because, I mean, clearly we want our kids to, to not be obese and to be healthy. But how do you say that in such a way that's not going to distort their body image? Right. I think that's a great thing is to, is to talk about being healthy um, instead of, you know, using words like fat or thin, things like that. I think promoting physical activity and getting um, everyone off the couch and outside and and playing outside or working out or going for a jog together or a bike ride together. I think it's really good to bring um, things like, like that Dove media campaign that we were talking about, show that video, or maybe uh, look through a couple magazines together and have uh, your daughter point out pictures of what she finds beautiful and ask, why do you think that's beautiful? See what, what is going on in her mind. At an, at an appropriate age, of course, you know, what you deem appropriate. You know, why do you think that, this, that that's beautiful and, and, or um, why do you think that that's not beautiful and kind of gauge where she's at right then and, um, you know, explain to them what airbrushing is at, at, a, at a young age so they can grow up understanding that the pictures that they're seeing are not real, that, they're, that they've all been altered, that they've all been enhanced. So explain that, you know, that all those things are being retouched. Um, make a decision about what kinds of shows you want them to see, about what kinds of commercials, do you, you know, how, how you want them to see women being portrayed. Do you want them to see women being portrayed as inanimate objects with their mouths covered, um, you know, lying on their back in magazine ads, or do you want them to be portrayed as, you know, doctors and lawyers and, and mothers and women with, you know, great jobs and great purpose in life. So I think those are some, some really good things. And also make them an active participant in grocery shopping. When you go grocery shopping, to have them pick out some foods and, and you know, say, well, okay, how about some fruits and vegetables? Like maybe try a new fruit and vegetable every time you go out or things like that. And uh, that gets them really, you know, excited too. Now, from a practicing physician's standpoint, are there things that we can do in the office that may help women with their body image? For example, uh, my gynecologist actually uh, has silk robes instead of the horrible paper gowns when you <laughs> when you change to have an examination, which, you know, it's just nice and you, you don't feel so objectified. Any other things you can think of that offices can do? Other other ideas, you know, first of all, make sure um, not to make offhanded comments about size or weight um, because those can definitely stay with a, with a woman. You know, it can be anything from, um, I was recently reading a, uh, an article in which a woman who was heavy was saying that her gynecologist uh, refused to perform a pap smear saying that she couldn't do one because she was too heavy. Mm-hmm. And that just destroyed the woman and made her feel so awful. And it could be something like that, or it could be something like I remember being in the when I was in the fifth grade, and I have um, I have hypothyroidism, and it was before it had been diagnosed. So I was a little bit chubby, and I will never forget my doctor. I asked my doctor. Um, I said I wanted to lose some weight, and inside I was praying that my doctor would say, "No, you're fine. You're beautiful as you are." And my doctor pinched my stomach like the little roll of of fat that I had around my waist. And he said, you could lose about 10 pounds. And that will stick with me forever. I remember what I was wearing. I remember where my mom was sitting in the the office. So 
you know, little kids look up to their doctors, and so and so do so do women. You know, grown women. So comments will stay with us <laughs> for a long, long time. So definitely be cognizant of the kinds of things that are that you say, especially when it comes to a, a woman's body. And you know, even when you're doing things like a, um, a breast exam or um, or you know a skin check, things like that. You know make sure you're not making an offhanded comment about, about, you know, the woman's body. A corollary point, too, is not only comments about patients, but also about staff, that uh, many of the the auxiliary staff in physicians' offices are female. And, uh, you know, sometimes the outfits we make them wear aren't the most attractive in the world. The scrubs aren't, aren't, uh, aren't terribly uh, fashionable. And to, to be careful about the comments that we make to our coworkers as well. And about yourselves also. You would never want to hear your doctor make a, a, you know, a, a derogatory comment about herself. Well, I want to thank our guest today, medical writer Leslie Goldman. We have been discussing eating disorders. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.